The CECC reported 11,353 local COVID infections on Thursday. New Taipei had the most cases of any city or county. Taking the lead with more than 4,500 new infections, it was followed by Taipei with more than 2,400 cases and Taoyuan with almost 1,500. The CECC also reported 23 new patients with moderate COVID symptoms and five with severe symptoms. It reported two COVID-related deaths involving people who were not vaccinated. The CECC said it would continue working to expand vaccine coverage. By the middle of May, it aims to reach 88% one-dose coverage, 83% two-dose coverage, and 65% booster coverage. Also on Thursday, officials say that the first batch of a 2.2 million dose order of Pfizer for children should arrive in mid to late May. Taiwan has launched its rapid test rationing system at nearly 5,000 participating pharmacies and health clinics. As of midday, more than 244,000 boxes of test kits have been sold nationwide. In Greater Taipei, the rush to get rapid tests led to long lines outside pharmacies. Heavy demand also caused the health insurance system's online platform to crash around 8.30 in the morning. They've been waiting and waiting and still don't have a numbered ticket. Customers vent their frustration at the pharmacist. On day one of the rapid test rationing program, each participating pharmacy had only 78 boxes to sell. At this pharmacy in Taipei's Jingmei neighborhood, a line emerged early in the morning. In nearby New Taipei, pharmacies were also hit with long queues. Some people said they had been waiting since daybreak. This is the first day and stocks are limited. There's enough for 78 people. When I arrived at this pharmacy, there were already 78 people outside. It was before the pharmacy opened at 10, and already all the boxes were taken. So I hope that more supplies can be distributed. A total of 892 pharmacies in New Taipei are part of the rationing program. On the day of the launch, pharmacists were rushed off their feet. New Taipei Mayor Ho Yo Yi stopped by one pharmacy to inspect operations. He heard complaints that the rations were too expensive and agreed that prices should be reduced. He said he supported the sale of other COVID test kits, such as saliva tests, which are painless to administer. Any test that's approved by the experts of our central government and cleared by a pharmaceutical inspection, we'd support such a test, no matter what form it's in. New Taipei has been taking the brunt of the ongoing COVID wave. Previously, Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe said his city might switch to a new diagnosis protocol, one that requires just a rapid test and not a PCR test confirmation. On Thursday, New Taipei Mayor Ho said that his city will eventually do the same. In order to ensure sufficient back-end medical capacity, we are going to have to reduce the burden on front-end operations, on medical staff. In the future, we will absolutely end up diagnosing patients via rapid testing. 
Amid a rapidly evolving epidemic, local and central governments alike are rushing to devise countermeasures. New Taipei has proposed letting COVID contacts leave home isolation for emergencies. The proposal is still pending approval from the central government. Taiwan's economy performed better than expected in the first quarter, expanding by 3.06 percent. That's according to preliminary data released Thursday by the government's statistic agency. A previous forecast had put GDP growth at the 3 percent for the first quarter. The agency said that exports had performed better than expected, rising 23.5 percent compared to the previous year. It expects annual GDP growth to reach 4.43 percent. However, consumer spending fell short of expectations in the first quarter, taking a hit from rising inflation. Consumption rose slightly by 0.23 percent, falling short of a projection from February. Officials said that in the second quarter, economic growth will be affected if the epidemic worsens and if China's COVID lockdowns persist. The 2022 Touch Taiwan trade show is underway, featuring the latest technologies in Taiwan's panel industry. At the exhibition, the Industrial Technology Research Institute and industry players are showcasing 35 innovative applications. One of them is a smart fish tank that can help aquarium visitors identify the different marine creatures that they see. Cast your eyes across the tank, and for every fish you see, a profile will appear on the display. This AI fish tank has been applied at the National Museum of Marine Science and Technology. It can recognize marine life with an accuracy of 98% and dynamically adjust information for visitors based on their gestures. And then there's this window panel on a bus simulator. As the bus sways back and forth during transit, the panel shows a horizontal visual cue that's been shown to reduce motion sickness in 82% of passengers. Supported by GPS technology, the panel can also provide tour information about the sites passing by. This is a very innovative integrated technology for countering motion sickness. As passengers view this information on a very shaky window, their experience of motion sickness is reduced. There's also this low diffraction technology that addresses background image blur on transparent displays. For IC packaging applications, there's this maskless digital lithography technology that solves the topography issue of multi-layer redistribution layers. The Economics Ministry's Department of Industrial Technology partnered with AU Optronics, Inolux, the National Museum of Marine Science and Technology, Industrial Technology Research Institute, and other institutions to unveil 35 screen applications in a variety of fields, such as smart displays and advanced process verification platforms for panels. Whether we're talking display technology or any other research application, Taiwan should focus on innovative and forward-looking technology when planning its future development. The Ministry of Economic Affairs must invest more resources in these emerging applications, in their software, hardware and systems integration. More resources should be invested to lay the foundation for the future. According to ETRI, smart display applications will open up some 170 billion US dollars a year in business opportunities by 2027. In the past year, the Economics Ministry's Department of Industrial Technology has invested 1 billion NT to support research and development by industry players and institutions. So far, it's stimulated more than 2.5 billion NT in overall R&D investment. 
that's expected to generate an output value of 70 billion NT to bolster the international competitiveness of the industry. Spring is galloping onward, and Taiwan's ocean are in a very special season. It's corresponding time in the waters of Kunding. The sea looks like a sky full of glittering stars as coral reefs release eggs and sperm to produce the next generation. Thanks to a live stream from Kunding National Park, you can enjoy live images from pro divers and experience the wonder from your own home. A cloud of pink bubbles drifts through the deep blue sea, turning the ocean into a starry sky. It's coral spawning season, and coral around Liuqiu Island are all simultaneously reproducing, creating this mesmerizing sight. Divers love to come down here and swim among the stars, cameras in tow to bottle the moment. This calming vista was filmed by local diving instructor Li Zhihong and Shad Online. I must have been really excited in that moment. This is an event we see every year. Although you're so excited, you have to keep your body and hands steady or the film will be shaky and unwatchable. The peak of the spawning is an annual event for divers. As many as 500 types of coral around Liuqiu Island and Kanding are all releasing eggs and sperm, resulting in an awe-inspiring sight. The peak of the coral spawning is around the third lunar month around Matsu Festival, but it's affected by things like water temperature, wind and wave conditions. People who are interested can enjoy this once annual ecological marvel with us through our live stream from Kending National Park Administration with the National Museum of Marine Biology and Aquarium. You don't need to be a diver to enjoy this spectacular event. With the live stream, you can join in the fun even if you're staying at home. The Russia-Ukraine war has triggered a fresh wave of international attention on the Taiwan Strait. In the recent Senate hearing, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said the outcome of the war in Ukraine would affect Beijing's plans for Taiwan. Over in the UK, Foreign Secretary Liz Truss brought up Taiwan in an address to diplomats on Wednesday. She called on the US allies to ensure that Taiwan would be able to defend itself in the event of an attack. We need to preempt threats in the Indo-Pacific, working with our allies like Japan and Australia to ensure the Pacific is protected. And we must ensure that democracies like Taiwan are able to defend themselves. Do you agree that the outcome in Ukraine can influence what China does regarding Taiwan? I do. I think China's looking at this very carefully. And the fact that it has seen, uh, as a result of uh, our leadership, um, 40 countries and more come together in a variety of ways uh, to impose these massive yeah. costs on Russia for its aggression, that would have to factor into its calculus about Taiwan going forward. Speaking at hearing in Washington, Blinken said the U.S. was determined to ensure that Taiwan had, quote, all necessary means to defend itself against any potential aggression. He said that the U.S. would focus on assisting Taiwan with its asymmetric warfare capabilities. Thursday marks 70 years since the Treaty of San Francisco came into effect. The Legislative Yuan has launched an exhibition to explore this seminal treaty and what it says and does not say about Taiwan's sovereignty. At the opening ceremony, Legislative Speaker Yoshi Kun emphasized that the treaty did not transfer Taiwan to the hands of Beijing. 
Vice President Lai Qingde said that Taiwan's future should be decided by its 23 million people. The Treaty of San Francisco, which had a profound impact on Taiwan's international status, came into effect 70 years ago. On Thursday, Legislative Speaker Yoshi Kun opened a special exhibition on the treaty. On stage, he gave a reading of the text. He said that after World War II, Taiwan overcame an authoritarian regime and democratized, proving to the world that it was a sovereign, independent nation. The Treaty of San Francisco says that Japan renounces all right, title and claim to Taiwan and Penghu, as well as to the Spratly Islands and the Paracel Islands. But the treaty does not say who Taiwan's sovereignty would be transferred to. So it can't be said that Taiwan's sovereignty was handed over to China. Today, this exhibition showcases true historical documents regarding the Treaty of San Francisco, which disprove all of China's lies. Yo said the Russia-Ukraine war was an example of how invaders try to justify their actions by rejecting the sovereignty of the invaded country and fabricating a civil war. He said that China was using the Cairo Declaration and the Potsdam Declaration as a false basis for claiming that Taiwan is an inseparable part of its territory. At the exhibition's opening, Vice President Lai Qingde read a section from the DPP's resolution on Taiwan's future. He stressed that the future of Taiwan should be decided by the Taiwanese. If any country should attack Taiwan, that would be considered an invasion. The international community should unite in condemnation to prevent such a thing from happening. Taiwan is a sovereign, independent country whose name is the Republic of China. The Republic of China and the People's Republic of China should not be subordinate to each other. The future of Taiwan must be decided by our 23 million people. The vice president said that the resolution on Taiwan's future and the four commitments proposed by President Tsai Ing-wen were the best interpretation of the Treaty of San Francisco. Competition is heating up for the local elections taking place this November. As candidates across the country roll out extensive election campaigns, it is an expensive business. Now, Wang Baraf chief in Kaohsiung has created a cost-effective campaign tool. He makes tiny remote-controlled election vans. The toys are proving very popular. An election van rolls past and then nimbly turns the corner. The candidate stands on top. But zoom out a little and this tiny van comes into proper scale, just one thousandth of life size. And this is the model's creator. Using a little remote control, he can drive the van around. He did everything from designing and cutting out the model to building its road. It's complete in just a few minutes. All kinds of styles can be made to order. This Kaohsiung borough chief is a big model hobbyist. Now he's turned his passion towards the political to create mini election vans. Lots of local candidates have had their own mini vans made, and he makes them in batches of a dozen or more. Candidates hire a campaign van, and when it's over, you never see the van or the adverts again. But this model can be a memento of the whole process. Remote control cars are fun for all the family, especially now for candidates, having a little van at home is very comforting. 
New candidates want as much exposure as possible, but campaigning is not cheap, easily gobbling up thousands of dollars a day. But a tiny van like this can be filmed for promotional videos and have just as much online influence as a real vehicle. Then when you win, it can sit in your office for guests to admire. What's not to love? Three master bakers met the press on Thursday to show off the creations that won a prestigious baking competition in France. The Coupe du Monde de la Boulangerie is known as the Olympics of Bread. This year, for the very first time, Team Taiwan won the championship with a showcase of creative and technically difficult breads. At the press conference, one showstopper was an exquisite dough sculpture of Belle and the Beast from Disney Classic. Last month, Taiwan won first place at the Coupe du Monde de la Boulangerie. For this year's competition, coach Wu Wu Xian led a team of three master bakers to compete in France. Bakers Wu Zijing, Li Zhongwei, and Xu Xiaohuan competed in the baguettes and breads of the world, viennoiserie and savory baking, and artistic piece events, respectively. All three placed first in their events. Upon returning to Taiwan, their coach tested positive for COVID-19 and was whisked away to quarantine. But on Thursday, the team reunited at last to meet the press. They reproduced the breads that took the championship in Paris. Behold, the Beauty and the Beast, an exquisite creation featuring a rose in a glass dome fashioned entirely out of dough. It's like no bread you've seen before. The glass dome was developed using Asian cuisine. The method had never been used before in the artistic piece event. After having the initial idea, I spent a long time developing it. It was a race against time, from the very beginning of the competition to the end. During the preparation stage, we were racing against time. During the competition itself, we were also racing against time. We all worked together very well. Taiwan has always had high-quality agricultural products. We wanted to use this competition to make the world better understand Taiwan. The theme of this year's artistic peace event was love. In the Viennoiserie and Savory Baking event, Team Taiwan gave a shout-out to love with the sweetbread adorned with hearts. Dried fruits from home were taken to France and showcased in a new light with Western elements. When I heard them call out Chinese Taipei, I was completely stunned. I was so moved at the moment, I couldn't help but cry. Taiwan's team took the title after competing against 10 other national teams. It was Taiwan's first podium finish since 2008, when baker Wu Baochun and his team placed second. Once again, Taiwan's baking industry has made its mark on the international stage. The power of earthquakes can be awe-inspiring, and that's never more clear than Taichung Chishang Township, which sits just above an active fault. This little town is the site of constant temblers, big and small, and evidence of these quakes can be seen in the local homes, school, and public works. Join us as we stop by to see the power of nature at a little town shaped by earthquakes. You heard right. 
Here at this Taidong Elementary School, there's a slide that students are not to use. That's because it's not merely a slide, but a part of the school's curriculum. It's used to explain changes in the Earth's crust. We bring students over to observe this proof of a fault in the Earth's crust. When there are tourists, the Chishan Cultural Explanation Association brings them over here to observe it too. Taidong's Dapo Elementary School is located on the Chishang Fault in an active collision zone between the Eurasian Plate and the Philippine Plate. Due to activity along the Chishang Fault, there's a gap underneath the slide that now measures 29 centimeters wide, up from 24 centimeters 16 years ago. There's also a drainage culvert outside the school that's been cracked out of shape by seismic activity. This culvert once used to be completely round, but after 20 years, it took about 20 years for the culvert to end up like this. The effects of seismic activity are obvious in the light of day. How did locals discover the active fault beneath them? It was during the construction of a retaining wall when builders noticed that the soil beneath the earth was not uniform. Formwork used for the retaining wall refused to keep its shape, bulging out from the earth as if on its own accord. They thought, that's strange, why are there two layers? The bottom layer was yellow soil and top layer was what we call new soil, ordinary soil. The other thing was that after they completed the retaining wall, it had to be inspected. But on the third day, why was the entire side of the formwork bulging out? To track seismic activity at the fault, Academia Sinica's Institute of Earth Sciences has precision instruments set up at the site. But even to the naked eye, this small town is a testament to the power of nature.